It's November 22nd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. As a follow-up to yesterday's In Focus story, football is the last thing on most people's minds in Iran at the moment. But the country's men's team used the 2022 World Cup in Qatar to launch a powerful protest, according to Deutsche Welle. While the national anthem played ahead of their game against England, the team stood silently, refusing to sing. Their decision was met with raucous cheers from the Iran fans, who tried to drown out the anthem with boos for the music and cheers of support for the players. Some fans wore t-shirts with the words, Women, Life, Freedom, written on them. During halftime, an Iranian flag with the same three words was held aloft. I would highly recommend that you click the link and go to the story to read the brave statements from Iranian players and fans attending the game. It's truly inspiring to see these individuals standing up to a repressive regime knowing that they can be identified when they return. My hope is that something finally breaks in favor of the protesters, but at this point, I don't see any signs that we are getting close to that. The two-week United Nations Climate Summit that was in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, ended on Sunday in jubilation as the parties agreed to fund loss and damage for vulnerable countries but ignored the science on the root cause for climate change, fossil fuels extraction, and use according to Kenya's The Nation. This year's conference, reading from the same script as last year's, a coal phase-down is mentioned, but a last-minute effort to expand this to phasing out all fossil fuels fell short of including oil and gas as well. Instead, there is a new mention of inclusion of low-emission energy sources. The BBC is reporting the lives of millions will be under threat in Ukraine this winter, the World Health Organization has said. Half of Ukraine's energy infrastructure is either damaged or destroyed, and 10 million are currently without power, said the WHO Regional Director for Europe. Temperatures are predicted to plummet as low as negative 4 Fahrenheit in some areas. Up to 3 million people could flee their homes in search of warmth and safety, the WHO says. The WHO has documented 703 attacks on health infrastructure since Russia's invasion began. Ukraine's health system is facing its darkest days in the war so far, and the best solution is for the conflict to end. Elsewhere, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has signaled a possible ground offensive in northern Syria and Iraq after Ankara's forces launched cross-border air raids on what they said were locations used by Kurdish groups they blame for a bombing in central Istanbul. According to Al Jazeera, the escalating tensions have prompted global concern, with Russia and the United States urging Ankara on Monday to show restraint. Speaking to reporters on a flight home from Qatar after attending the opening of the World Cup, Erdogan said Turkey's ongoing military campaign in northern Syria and northern Iraq is not limited to just an air operation and could involve ground forces. The Turkish operation, dubbed Clawsword, 
was launched on Sunday, a week after a bomb blast on Istanbul's Istiklal Avenue killed six people and wounded 81. Ankara blamed the outlawed Kurdistan Workers Group and affiliated Syrian Kurdish groups for the November 13th attack, although the Kurdish fighters have denied any involvement. The Straits Times reports that Malaysia's king has asked that a cross-coalition unity government be formed. Pakatan Harapan leader Anwar Ibrahim said on Tuesday after an audience with the monarch at the palace that was also attended by Perikatan National Chief Muyidin Yassin. This comes after the Barisan National this comes after the Barisian National Alliance decided to remain in the opposition, leaving no leader with a simple majority of parliament. UMNO-led Barisan National would have been enough to get either side past the threshold. According to Reuters, negotiators from the Colombian government and leftist guerrilla group the National Liberation Army began peace talks on Monday the first major step in President Gustavo Petro's efforts to end nearly 60 years of war. Petro, a former member of the M-19 insurgency who took office in August, has promised to bring total peace to Colombia by negotiating with rebels and crime gangs involved in drug trafficking and illegal mining. The talks, which began in Venezuelan capital Caracas, will rotate among guarantor countries Venezuela Cuba, and Norway, according to the Colombian government. Petro also promised to fully implement the 2016 peace deal with the now demobilized Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia rebels. More than 450,000 people have been killed in Colombia's six decades of internal conflict. Politico Europe reports that Europe's foreign affairs chief, Josep Borrell, slammed the leaders of Kosovo and Serbia, but particularly Kosovo, for failing to defuse a dispute over car license plates that risks spiraling into a renewed violent conflict. Borrell hosted emergency talks in Brussels on Monday between Serbia's president and Kosovo's prime minister in an unsuccessful attempt to strike a last-minute deal. The license plate issue has been a source of contention for some time, with local Serbs in Kosovo preferring to use plates issued by Belgrade that are illegal in Kosovo. The row sparked repeated flare-ups over the summer. The tension dates back to a war in the late 90s, after which Kosovo declared its independence in 2008. Serbia does not recognize the sovereignty of its former province. Pristina and Belgrade have been attempting to negotiate over technical issues through an EU-led dialogue since 2011. In lighter news this morning from NPR, as the Thanksgiving and Christmas season returns to something like normalcy, perhaps it's time for new traditions. The mad scientists at luncheon meat packager Hormel have one idea, spam figgy pudding. What, you might be asking, and why? The first question is easier to answer than the second. Let's start with what's in classic spam. Pork, sugar, water, salt, potato starch, and sodium nitrate. The new seasonal spam includes additional fig and orange flavors, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, and allspice. 
and as ever, it is shelf-stable in case of the apocalypse. In terms of the why, the company explains its reasoning thus. The makers of Spam Brand wanted to create a limited edition seasonal variety that captures the magic, warm flavors, and nostalgia we all crave during the holiday season. And with Spam Figgy Pudding, the brand did it all in one can. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Catherine Grothy, a research analyst for the Middle East and North Africa for Freedom House, about human rights issues in Qatar heading into the World Cup. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.